G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. So you're chugging along through life, doing your best to follow Jesus, and then all of a sudden the enemy throws a spanner in the works. You had a good and godly plan to do this or that for the Lord, but now evil has somehow disrupted those plans. Perhaps it's strife or conflict, whatever. It shakes your confidence. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Great to be with you again. Today we're going to take another look at your confidence in Christ from a different perspective. Now you may have heard me talk recently about the fact that sometimes God changes our plans. We're chugging along, we have plans for today and the rest of the week and in fact for the rest of our lives if the truth be known. And sometimes God comes along and completely turns things upside down. Now you'd think, wouldn't you, that if it was God, hey, We'd be all for it. Go for it, God. Yeah. Well, sometimes we come to that conclusion eventually, and yet other times it's like God has to drag us kicking and screaming in the direction that he's planned for us. Have a listen to this from the missionary journey of the Apostle Paul, in case you missed it last time. It's out of the book of Acts in the New Testament, chapter 16. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. When they had come opposite Mysia, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them to. So passing by Mysia, they went down to Troas during the night. Paul had a vision. There stood a man from Macedonia pleading with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia, help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. So there you have it. Twice Paul was prevented from going where he'd planned, once to Asia, a second time to Bithynia, and yet God had a positive alternative plan for him and his team. The initial shock and horror that we experience when someone changes our plans, in this case, when God changes our plans, which clearly he does sometimes, shouldn't rock our confidence. Think about it. Sometimes a two-year-old might have a really, really good plan to cross over that busy freeway, but Dad, fortunately, has an alternate plan. It's the same with God. But what about when it's not God who changes our plans, but Satan himself? Then what? Well, for most of us, that really rocks us to the core. There have been times when I've had some really good and godly plans, I mean really good stuff to bless other people, and something terrible happens. An argument breaks out in the ministry team. Someone undermines you. Perhaps someone makes false accusations against you. And this good and godly plan that you you just had goes up in a puff of smoke. If you've ever had that happen to you, you'll know that it's just really the most painful thing. It knocks the stuffing out of us. Because, well, doesn't the Bible tell us to put our confidence in God? Doesn't it speak of God's power and compassion and, and victory over the devil? How is it that evil can win the day when the Bible says this? Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 1 to 4. When you go out to war against your enemies and see horses and chariots and and an army larger than your own, you shall not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you. 
who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. And when you draw near to the battle, the priest shall come forward and speak to the people and shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are drawing near for a battle against your enemies. Let not your heart grow faint. Do not fear or panic or be in dread of them, for the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you the victory. See, that's not an isolated quote. The Bible talks about victory over and over again, about God giving us victory over our enemies and over Satan. James chapter 4, verse 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So, okay, but what happens when the devil doesn't flee? What happens when he seems to have the upper hand? What happens when the wicked people around us seem to win against the good and godly plans and intentions of our hearts? Then what? Well, if that's ever happened to you, then you're not alone. Have a listen to this. Again, it's from the experience of the Apostle Paul in ministry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 17 to 20. As for us, brothers and sisters, when for a short time we were made orphans by being separated from you in person, not in heart, we longed with great eagerness to see you face to face, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, wanted to come again and again, but Satan blocked our way. For what is our hope or our joy or our crown of boasting before the Lord Jesus at his coming? Isn't it you? Yes, you are our glory and our joy. Who prevented Paul from going to see his friends in Thessalonica? Satan did. He blocked Paul's way. Does Paul seem to be at all phased by that? Not at all. He goes right on and talks about the glory of God. It's almost as though he sees this as a normal part of doing business in the kingdom of God. And what about Jesus? When he was nailed there on the cross, didn't it look as though the enemy had won? Didn't Jesus look like the vanquished and Satan like the victor? And yet... The Bible says this of this brutal love transaction on the cross, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him when he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set it aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and he made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. In other words, what appeared to be a great loss was in fact a great victory, a victory so great that Jesus disarmed the rulers and the authorities, Satan and his armies, and made a public spectacle of them and triumphed over them. Do you recall the thorn that Paul had in his flesh, the one that he asked God to remove three times, but God wouldn't? Do you remember what he called that thorn? 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 to 10, Therefore, to keep me from being too elated, A thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I appealed to the Lord about this, that it would leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I am weak, then I am strong. You're going to see this over and over again in Scripture. We see the situations and the circumstances where the devil seems to have gotten the upper hand. He he thinks he has the upper hand, and yet God's always in control. God's grace is always sufficient for the situation and for you. If it was true back then, my friend... It's true today. 
Just because Satan appears to have the upper hand in a particular situation or skirmish, it doesn't mean that God had lost the plot. It doesn't mean that Satan is winning. It doesn't mean that God's grace isn't sufficient for you in that place. Look at Paul's reaction to the fact that he's going to have to live with this messenger of Satan in his flesh. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities for the sake of Christ. For whenever I'm weak, then I'm strong. Hallelujah! Satan is purely a tool in God's hands, nothing more, nothing less. He is as subject to the sovereign power of God as you or I or any other creature in creation. And as the wise old King Solomon wrote in Proverbs chapter 24, verses 19 to 20, Don't fret because of evildoers. Do not envy the wicked, for the evil have no future. The lamp of the wicked will go out. My friend, your God's in control. Your king reigns. Your future is bright. And nothing, no deception that Satan can conjure up, will ever change that. Nothing. That's why this is called the good news. There are so many things that life throws at us that frankly undermine our confidence. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet, Living a Life of Quiet Confidence. And hey, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions, kind of to to help you think through and apply this rubber-hits-the-road teaching right into the realities of your life. You see, God's Word is alive and active, so I'm praying that through this booklet, He will help you live the rest of your life with a quiet confidence in Christ. To request your free copy, visit ChristianityWorks.com. You'll see that free offer right there toward the top of the homepage. Click on it, pop in your name and email, and that e-booklet will be on its way to your inbox in just seconds. That web address again is ChristianityWorks.com. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.